Hello, friends. Okay, so here's the thing. These first two episodes, I guess you would call them, of of my podcast, I am releasing. Today is July 29th, 2016, and I recorded these two things, among other things, you know, in preparation for this amazing, amazing podcast about movies and stuff, where we talk about movies and yada, yada. But uh, uh, I, I recorded these in March and May, and uh, this first thing, I'm talking about a movie I saw called uh, The Perfect Guy, which was a- an amazing film. And uh, the second thing, I'm talking about Batman versus Superman, okay? And here's the thing. There are parts of it. Of this, these are like the first things that I've ever recorded, like sitting in front of a microphone and recording, okay? So, so for my first time, I think I do an okay job. But then there's stuff that I say in it. I mean, or maybe like the way I say it. Like, for instance, there's this one part where I'm like talking because it's just me, dude, you know, like, what am I going to do? So it's like just me because that's sort of the thing. Like, it's supposed to be like you and me. We're talking about movies, but don't talk back because I can't hear you. So, like, there's this one part where I'm like, uh, uh, you know, it, it's I, I use movies to understand this world. It's a it's a beautiful world. And then I say exactly like that. it's a beautiful world. And that's so I hate to say it because it's about me. I don't want to denigrate. It sounds gross. You know, it's a beautiful world. You know, like I, 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 I would not like someone to say that in my ear and i i say that in your ear and i apologize for that but here's the thing um this is this i i i wanted to create a space where i can talk about movies with friends and 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 you know and and just have it be this thing so these kind of set the stage for what this thing is which is just a place where i talk about movies either by myself or with a friend or maybe you know whatever and so there's like a million things that i say that that just sound dumb maybe to me or maybe to you but whatever but after talking to a friend who just sort of said you know just put him out like who cares like you know and it's like yeah whatever who cares it's just a stupid podcast nobody gives a shit gives a damn sorry and i try not to curse i have this weird thing where i'm i try not to curse on it because i didn't want to get an explicit thing on the itunes thing but now i i think you know f it or fuck it you know like who cares uh basically who cares and but you it's you and me now you know like you and me we're 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 gonna talk about movies now old chum okay so 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 let's begin this is uh testing test number one uh where i talk about the perfect guy Thank you for listening and uh, enjoy the uh, show, I guess. Enjoy the, 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 the jam session or whatever you want to call it. I don't even, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just play it by ear here, okay, friend? Okay, thanks. I'm Nas Red, and I'm so excited to be doing this. I really am. Uh, but in order to sort of, you know, chances are, if you're listening to this first thing, you're a friend of mine or you're some guy that I know in L.A. or, you know, you might be involved in the business or something. But in order to really establish, you know, a, a, a rapport between us, between myself and, and you, the, the, the listener friend, uh, because I'd like to be friends with anybody who listens to this, uh, I'd like us to give a hug, each other a hug, over this podcast. I don't even think this has ever been done in the history of anything, but come here. Come here. (sighs) That's a hug. That's a manly hug. That's a... Maybe you're a woman, maybe you're a man, maybe you're a teenager, I don't know. Uh, but, But we're hugging, and you smell nice. What is that, Juniper Breeze? Very nice. Okay. So listen, this is my thing. Fuck, I should smoke weed for this. I feel stilted and, you know, 
I thought that I could really do a really, really great thing uh, without weed, uh, you know, because my, my thoughts are more clear. But maybe I'm more, uh, you know, maybe I'm more loosey-goosey or something uh, with weed. I mean, it's bizarre what I'm doing right now. I'm talking into a microphone with the intention of, you know, putting it up online and then people listen to it on, at their leisure. It's strange. You know, everything with this, you know, new modern age is strange. And, uh, you know, being someone that lives for movies, like seriously, you, you'll, you'll get that th throughout, you know, as I continue to do this. It's my effing life movies. Uh, I use movies as a way to understand uh, this this bizarre world in which we live in. And it truly is a bizarre world. It's a beautiful world, but it's very bizarre. It's very strange. And, you know, my way of understanding life and death and heavy issues and light issues and everything, I always use movies. I never was uh, the church type. I didn't grow up in a religious household at all. Uh, but But movies were always, you know, things that... You know, I could I could watch and absorb and, and, and like. And, you know, for 10 years, I've been making short films and writing screenplays and stuff. So I'm just doing my thing, you know. But in, in giving each other a hug over this podcast, we have established a trust. You know, you trust me. And I don't know you. I don't, I don't, I don't. And I honestly, I don't trust anybody. But listen, I'm going to give you an anecdote, something that happened today. And if you can, on some level, relate to this anecdote, then we're friends. And you have nothing to worry about. And anytime you listen to this, you can rest assured there will be some sort of spirited conversation about cinema, as douchey as people that refer to it as cinema are. Today is March 29th. And today is a very special day. You know why? Because today The Hateful Eight came out on Blu-ray and DVD. And so my big plan today was to go help my dear papa at his shop, as I, as I do. I, I, I help him for free because I'm just good like that. And my big plan was to go and help my dear papa and then drive over to Best Buy to pick up a copy of The Hateful Eight on Blu-ray. Now, here's the thing. The copy that I wanted to get from Best Buy was a limited edition tin case thing right like you know how like best buy they have these uh like for instance they'll take like maybe a newish movie or something and they'll sort of give it a sort of almost criterion like uh, cover make it almost look minimal or something do something funky and cool they didn't do it exactly like this with the hateful eight thing but but it's a tin case and i did my like any you know consumer i did my research you can't get that tin case on amazon you can only get the regular you know uh, dingy cardboard horrible you know, and it's not horrible. I'm not, you know, DVDs are great. But you can only get that at Best Buy. And so my big plan was go help my dear, dear papa at, at the shop and then go drive to my dispensary, get a small sack to enjoy the, the hateful eight. Sorry, mom, dad, if you're listening. You don't, they're not listening. They don't care about anything I do, honestly. Okay. But drive down to Best So pick up my sack, drive down to Best Buy, and then pick up the tin case of the hateful eight now because this is a little later in the day because i was helping my dear papa at his shop at his tailoring shop uh it was a little later so but i really honestly did not think what happened hap would happen I, I i did not count on it so i go if anybody that you know you chances are you live in la so you'll know what i'm talking about there's one dispensary that I go to called Kelly's Dispensary, and they give like dogo deals, which means donate one, get one free, and you get like, you know, you get instead of like, say you pay for one gram, you get two grams, okay? Most dispensaries don't do this. There's there, there's a bunch of dispensaries near my house that are very expensive, and, uh, you know, I, I like to go to Kelly's, pick up a small sack, and, you know, enjoy it, and blah, 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 blah and then go on a break or whatever. So I go to Kelly's, I get my sack. And then Kelly's is up Pico. It's like in the kind of in there's this area of Pico that's like the Persian Jewish area. And uh, Kelly's is like right in that area. And then Best Buy is more down towards the ocean by where I live. So my big plan was go to Kelly's, pick up my sack 
and then go to Best Buy, get the beautiful, beautiful tin case of Hateful Eight, and then record this, and then to celebrate me recording this afterwards, I would watch the Hateful Eight, and I had seen, and then this goes into like a, a big thing, and any any film fan, especially any fan of Tarantino, knows what I'm talking about when I say this. When Hateful Eight came out, it came out in seven. They did a road show basically, where it came out in 70 millimeter, which is this film stock that's very, or not film stock. It's like a method of blah blah. I I it's so I get it kind of, but I don't get it. But it's still wonderful. It's nice, you know. It's cool that they made a movie on 70 millimeter. But it's like it's like a whole scientific thing. I don't understand it totally, but I kind of understand it. But anyway. They did this roadshow. I saw it twice in the roadshow. And, uh, you know, the roadshow was on 70 millimeter. And then all the other, like, say, like the AMC when they did, like, the general wide release was that, you know, digital thing, which I, you know, again, I'm of a, I'm of a younger generation, kind of. I, I, I don't care too much about film versus digital. It's, it's not, I, I don't have a pony in that race. I'll do whatever I can to make my stuff. But, you know, if, if I had like a million billion dollars, yeah, I'd shoot on film. That's cool, you know. But so anyway, I went to see the roadshow twice. And I didn't see the 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 digital version that got on all the all the, you know, kind of crappier theaters, you know, so let's be honest. But I didn't see that version. So I was really looking forward to watching the Hateful Eight because I know uh the Blu-rays are not the 70 millimeter roadshow versions, which are the only versions of it that I saw. So I go to Best Buy, and what do I see? I see the only copies that are available are the dinghy ones. Not dinghy, like the, the, the normal consumer ones that they have at Walmart or whatever. And so I look to the to the guy and I say, excuse me, sir. I, 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 I track uh, like a Best Buy employee down. And I say, excuse me, sir. Do you have the steel case Hateful Eight? He said, no, no, man, we're all sold out. And I said, okay. So then there's another Best Buy on Venice. And it, in LA traffic, it's like 15 minutes away. Like LA traffic, you could you could drive a mile and LA traffic makes it like an hour. You know what I mean? And so I drive down there and much to my chagrin, they didn't have it either. I, I look to a gentleman and I say, excuse me, sir, do you have the Hateful Eight steel case? And they said, he said, no, no, man, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry. And I was very appreciative that, you know, a total stranger would would be sorry for that, you know, because you could tell from my eyes I was really looking forward to it. And so I race home and I'm like, okay, you know what? This can all be rectified using the Internet. I go at best. I go to bestbuy.com and I uh, um, I look up the, the steel case. And then again, much to my chagrin, I cannot order it. It's only available in store. I can't order it. I, can't, I, I look into trying to order it uh, uh, to, to have it picked up in the store. I can't do that. So basically, I'm fucked. Uh, excuse my friend. I'm, I'm effed. I, I, I am having a hateful eight free night, and it's the night that the Blu-ray came out. And it's so stupid to say oh my day is ruined for this because you know every day i count my blessings i'm a blessed guy my legs work everything's fine but it did kind of suck it, it kind of blew if you can relate to that then you are a, a a fan of cinema then you are somebody that uh loves movies and you love hearing people talk about movies and i know i am one of those people there are two podcasts that really inspired me to do this one is called film junk and the other one is called f this movie and they're, they're great and you know as i help my dear papa at his shop for free because i'm good like that uh i i like to listen to these podcasts and you know i i listened and listened and finally i realized you know what i want to i want to do my own i want to i want to have a a, a a space that's safe for me to just talk about movies and and rock out really and 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 talk to my friends about movies and just just talk about movies and movies 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 we do not talk about politics we do not talk about anything that's not movie related we may talk about certain issues that the movies that we watch uh, bring up but uh, we, we we this is not a place for politics this is not a place for uh, arguing about 
you know, politics. This is not a place where we talk about, I don't know, politics or, or you know, stuff that's a drag. Politics is a drag, man. You know, like movies are where it's at. So anyway, let's begin. If you, so again, if you if you get that anecdote about the hateful eight, then you are on my team and we are friends. So hello, friends. Let's do this. So now I had a few. I, I didn't know what I was going to do for this first thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I had no idea. I was either going to have a friend come and we were going to discuss a movie or I was going to just, you know, choose a movie to talk about. But then I realized something that I used to do when I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, me and my family, we would go visit my dear, dear grandmama and grandpapa. And, and good old grandmama and grandpapa were, were, were hard of hearing and almost blind. And what I would do was I would watch movies and I would describe it for them. And my grandma was a very kindly woman and she would say, I, I love it when you describe these films to me i i even love it more than the films themselves <laughs> you know i was like oh grandma i don't know why you talk like that but so uh, what i realized was i'm going to describe a film uh that's basically what i'm just gonna do and it's a film that you probably haven't seen before it's a film that the trailer kind of tickled me and i'm going to describe it like i'm describing it to my dear dear grandmama and grandpapa as i used to do on the farm that I never lived at, and honestly, I never. Everything that I just said about my grandmama and grandpapa is a lie. I, I, I didn't really know my grandparents that well. Sorry, I lied to you, which breaks the trust. But I'll get you back. Don't worry. Hey, look at me. Come on. Come on. Do you want another hug? Come on. Let's do this. Come on. Ah, that really is a nice scent you're wearing. Okay, back to what we're gonna do. So the movie that I am going to describe and talk about is a film directed by the great David M. Rosenthal called The Perfect Guy. Now, a little thing about The Perfect Guy. I don't remember what movie it was uh, that, uh, that, that the trailer was playing in front of, but the fact of the matter is The Perfect Guy's tra the trailer for The Perfect Guy, look it up on YouTube. You could pause this and just look it up and then and then come back to me and we'll we'll just I'll 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 jam out on it. But basically if you've seen the trailer, you've kind of seen the whole movie, which is fine, whatever, you know, like people want to know what they're getting into. But basically, the perfect guy is I'm going to read the description on the DVD, okay? And one of the blurbs says it's sexy, suspenseful and full of twists and that was from Brian Erdy from Movie Planet. Brian Erdy sounds a bit nerdy. Uh -huh. Okay, anyway, this is the description of the film, and we're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about themes that it brings up. We're going to talk about the issues that it brings up. I, I know we said we're not going to talk about politics, but when we discuss movies, that's, that's something, you know, uh, you have to discuss what it's talking about. So anyway, <clears throat> after a painful breakup with her long-term boyfriend, in brackets, it says Morris Chestnut. So, so that's the boyfriend. Successful lobbyist, Leia Vaughn, Sana Lathan, played by Sana Lathan, jumps into a passionate relationship with a charming stranger, Carter, played by Michael Ely, who seems to be the perfect guy. But after a sexually charged courtship, she sees a violet side of him and dissolves the budding relationship. In a jealous rage and fueled by insane revenge, he turns her life upside down. That sounds like a, like a fun time, right? Well, it kind of was. It wasn't amazing. It was a beautifully photographed film. And one thing that I want to bring up about this film, which is goes into something that I, I, I sort of want to um, talk about a little, which because I think it's, a, it's sort of an issue that... Uh, it, hold on, let me go to my notes so I can see these amazing notes of uh, that I took while I was watching it. But basically... All of the principal characters in the film, The Perfect Guy, directed by David M. Rosenthal, are African-American. And 
you know, it's March 29th. The Oscars, I think, were like a month ago. And I I, I so don't care about the Oscars. But uh, there was that thing about the Oscars being very whitewashed. And there was that hashtag that was going around, Oscars so white. And here's this film that is all African-American. And it's not an issue film. It's not a uh you know it's it, it's not about the civil rights movie it's it's a thriller it's a it's a it's a it's a popcorn thriller and my theory or feeling about the fact that there are very 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 few parts for african american people or for minorities in general you know i'm persian i think uh is the fact that most of the scripts that are written are written from the perspective of 20-something, 30-something white guys. And the reason is not... I mean, yeah, there is systematic racism in society. I, I absolutely believe that. I've seen it and I believe it. But the reason for this is that these screenwriters are just not willing to, you know... Like, for I'll give you an example. You watch some sort of goofy comedy or something. You know it's sort of written from the perspective of a, of a white guy when you see the minority character and the minority character is the minority the the, the character is not a full-fledged human being it's the minority it's the black guy or the asian guy or whatever it's the other basically and you know there's there seems to be i see and that's the thing i don't i don't blame too much i mean yeah you can blame the decision makers in 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 hollywood and stuff but i really think it's lazy screenwriters that just don't want to you know look into any other culture but the 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 douchebags at starbucks you know and that's fine i mean everybody has a right to sort of express what they want but there's very 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 little effort to to you know explore other cultures to 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 you know and then that's the that's the, a very tricky thing because on the flip side of that you have these like kind of overly sensitive film school types that really want to do something about minorities and it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm doing this for important issues and it's like no you're not you just want to be important okay come on so there's that weird dichotomy with you know and then there's me who's just perfect i'm i'm just the most awesome person i can see every uh perspective there is so let's discuss the perfect guy when we first meet leia leia vaughn she is uh she she's showering or something and uh her man a, a, a played by morris chestnut uh, is is sleeping in bed and and she says the amazing line of dialogue wake up sleepyhead and and he's like hey, you know and then so then she goes to work we sort of get her and stuff and then so then she goes out with her friends with morris chestnut and you think morris chestnut is the perfect guy is the titular perfect guy you see and so, so, so Leia and and Morris, I'll just call him Morris. Leia and Morris, they go to like a like a, they they go out, and then like I I don't I totally forgot. I saw it a couple of days ago, and I I was a little high. No, I wasn't high. I was sleepy. Okay, but so so Leia and Morris, they go out, and then you know they're talking to their friends and stuff, and then Leia sees Morris sort of playing with this kid, like kind of like. And then she sort of looks at him like, oh, you know, he, he, he'd be such a good daddy, you know. And I'm sorry, that was the way I said that sounded really kind of offensive. But you know what I like? She was like, oh, you know, you can tell in her mind she's thinking, oh, he'll be such he'll be such a good dad, you know. And but but when she when she sort of looks at him, she, she gives this other look too at that same instance where she thinks maybe he's not the perfect guy. And so they go home, right? And then she's like, you know, what what are we doing? I I want a commitment. And then he's like, yo, man, I I don't want no commitment. My parents got divorced, you know. It's it's not good news. I don't I don't want that. And you know, we've and then she's like, come on, we've been together for two years. And in my head, I was like, oh my god, two years. That's a that's a quite a short time to to want to you know spend the rest of your life with someone i don't know uh leia i i think you know and then leia says the line of dialogue she's like i don't want to date i'm dated out 
And I, in my head, I, I thought, well, you know, she has a point. But again, Leia, two years, that's not a lot of time. I think you need to get to know Morris uh, even better, you know. And uh, at this point, I, I wrote uh, a note to myself. And I don't get it because, and, and then I wrote lettuce in my sleep. While I was watching the movie, I was eating a sandwich. And at some point, I got lettuce in my sleeve. Like I could feel a cold piece of lettuce fall into my sleeve. And so I, I was shaking my hand as the movie was, was playing to get the lettuce out. And I missed a few parts. But uh, uh, th there's this part uh, where she meets the antagonist. And the antagonist is named Carter, okay? And this actor, he's gonna, he, he should get some really crazy roles and good roles as villains and, or whatever because he, he, he has this striking look. He has, like, blue eyes, you know, and he, he looks cool, you know? And she's, like, in line. And this is, like, after she, like, the day after she had her conversation with Morris. And then she's, like, she's, like, in line at, like, a coffee shop. And then the guy is in front of her and then they have that thing where oh no no you go you go and and then more uh uh carter says oh no 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 you go don't worry about it and she's like oh okay i'll go and right away in her head you can sense that she thinks she's found the perfect guy or as has she we don't know we don't know yet at this point in the story so anyway so let me let me just refer to my notes again, okay? Uh, oh, she she oh oh yeah okay. Listen, I, I I forgot about this part. She sort of starts talking to him, right? And uh, he sort of says, "Yeah, you know, I I like to make people feel secure, and uh, what I do is I'm a I'm a security consultant, and and that's what I like to do." And, you know, I like to make people feel secure and stuff like that. And by the way, people that are into security stuff and, and are in, they're kind of, they're, they don't look like this guy. They usually look a little overweight and they're really, they're almost like paranoid schizophrenic in, in, in how seriously they take security. And, you know, they, in, in other words, in basically, Guys that are really into security and surveillance equipment, they do not look like uh, Carter, my, played by Michael Ely. They usually look like uh, John Goodman in The Big Lebowski, okay? That's just that's just life. That's just how it is. I'm sorry, anybody that's really into security, okay? But so they, they talk, and then when she drives... I, I forgot what happened that caused this, but when she drives back from talking to him, she says this line of dialogue. She goes like, Holy mother of God. Now... And I, I, this is what I'm gonna about to say is is I, I I'm gonna try and word it in a way that's not too crude, but the screenwriter having her say that, that's just the screenwriter's way of saying she's a little frisky. She got excited by that uh, exchange, and uh, let's just leave it at that. Let's be let's be gentlemen here, okay? So, uh. So then, yeah. Oh, at this point, I, I forgot to mention when she had that talk with the with with uh, with uh, what's his face with more with Mister Chestnut, they broke up. Okay, so then so she's free. She's not she's not playing Morris. Poor Morris. They're broken up by now. Okay, so she uh, she's a little excited, and then so then this is where it starts to okay, ladies, listen. Any 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 sensible woman would would know what I'm talking about. The next day she goes to work and he tracks her down. Like he calls her. And then she's like, "Hey man, how'd you get my number?" And then he's like, "Oh well, uh, I have my ways or something like that." Now listen. If this uh Carter fella again looked like John Goodman in The Big Lebowski, this behavior would not fly. This this would not be tolerated. Tracking a woman down after a conversation, that's just that's just right away. You know, the the main character Leia should have been like, "Listen, you're a charming fellow, but you really crossed the line tracking me down. That makes me feel very uncomfortable." And but instead, she goes with it. And I'm not I'm not accusing her of being shallow or anything. But I mean, the fact that he looks good doesn't 
hurt. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, that's just that's just the way life is, you know, in nature to attract a mate. Peacocks have wings or whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so they so 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 they they go to this club. Hold on. I need water. My throat is getting dry. This is my first time doing this. Hold on. I apologize. Okay. So they so they go to this club. And this is the a part that I thought was cool in, in a director sense. Like it, it, it's very simple, but there it was a a lot of people like jumping and dancing and stuff, and it was very well directed and it had cool music and stuff. And then these two go to the bathroom. How do I put this delicately? To bone. They go to the bathroom to do coitus as the sophisticated people call it. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at my notes. This is my first time doing this, okay? So, come on. Uh, so, uh, at some point, we see she has a cat. You know immediately when things go bad, that cat is the first thing that's gonna, you know, might, uh, which I hope not. I'm an animal... Not lover, but I appreciate animals. And I, I, as I was watching it, when they introduced the cat, whose name is Rusty, I was afraid something terrible would happen to it. But nothing did. I, okay, but anyway, let me get back to the story. So, you think uh, Miss Leia moves fast. If at two years she wants to get married, you have no idea. All of a sudden, she goes and introduces Mr. Carter to her parents. And... There's a scene where uh, the dad, who seems like a nice enough fella, you know, he says uh, to, to Carter, he says, hey, come here and, you know, watch the game with me, you know. And then he's like, all right, you know. And at this point, Carter is just a very, very uh, uh, well-behaved, very, uh, you know, very, very polite guy, you know. You, there's not much other than the fact that he you know, effing uh, tracked her down after one conversation. There's not much to let you think that, oh, this guy could be a troublesome character, you know. So he sits down and, and watches a game with the dad. And then he's like, uh, the the dad is like, hey, you know, um, maybe tomorrow we could watch the game. And then Carter is like, oh, yeah, you know, I would. But uh, I got plans tomorrow. And then, and then, so then, uh, Leia and her mom walk into the room, and they're like, "What are you guys doing?" And then, and then, uh, the dad of Leia says, "Oh, I was just trying to, you know, make a plan to watch the game with Carter, but he's got some s silly plans." And then Carter is like, "As a matter of fact, my plan was I have two tickets to that very game, and it would be an honor if you came with me, sir." And then, and then uh, he doesn't say "call me dad," but he says like "call me Jarvis" or whatever his name is. So so far, everything Carter has done, he truly is the perfect guy. But some things happen, and you know, I'm sorry, ladies, but I'm a man. I can attest to it. We're 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 crazy animals. So on their way back. They're driving back to her place because I guess her parents live uh, uh, out of the state, or I think she's in San Francisco or someplace. Or hold on, water. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay. She's at a. Uh, she she lives in San Francisco or something. So they're driving back. And then he, he's at this gas station. And then Carter has a really cool car. It's like an old muscle car. I don't know. It was like a Mustang or something. So he's in the gas station. And she's outside. She's in the car. Okay. And then this dude, nice enough looking white dude comes. And he's like, hey, man, this car is a beauty. And then and then uh, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She, you can tell she's a little uncomfortable. But she's whatever. And he's like, hey, you think I can take a picture of it? And then she's like, "Um, yeah, just, just ask my boyfriend. He'll be out in a second. And then Carter comes out. And he goes effing crazy. He starts beating up the guy for no reason. He starts beating her up badly. Okay? Like badly. Like really beating the 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 living daylights out of this poor gentleman. And then so then when they're when they're uh, uh driving back, 
she's kind of, you know, naturally, she's just like, oh, that was just so, that was just so not cool, you know? And then he's like, come on, come on, I love you, you know? Now, listen, I am a peaceful man. I am against violence. I can tell you that that uh, Leia, even though she, she, she was a little too trusting with this guy, she makes the right move. She sort of goes cold with him and, and she tries to break it off. And uh, Carter doesn't like that. And Carter gets upset and he begins to, 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 to stalk her. And, um, you know, so then, so then the stalking doesn't get crazy. First, they, she, she's like, listen, leave me alone. And he's like, listen, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. And then he's like, okay, she's like, okay, okay. So then they go to this restaurant and then he's like, oh, I'd like to make a toast to our future. And in my head, I thought, oh no, poor Leia. She's got a, she's got a nutty guy on her tail. And that's, that's never good. Now listen, full disclosure about me because I'm 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 talking about this movie and it's a movie about a a guy who's obsessed, okay? I'm 33 years old. I haven't been in a serious relationship. I haven't been in like an adult relationship because I've always been scared of them because I devoted my life to cinema very early on. When I was in my early 20s, I went through some really heavy shit and I realized that I'm just going to devote my life to cinema. And uh, I'm not going to go looking for the kind of aggravation that relationships in your 20s have. I, I, and honestly, I don't regret it. You know, it's like we live in a culture. Let me explain a little bit more about me, okay? If I meet a girl, we live in a culture that when a man talks, as, as I'm talking as a man, okay? We live in a culture that if you talk to a girl, there's this thing of like, oh man, you gotta, like you talk to your bros or whatever and, and you're like, oh yeah, I talked to this girl. She was very nice. And then the bros will be like, oh man, you gotta fuck her, man. Yeah, you know? And then it's like, well, you know, what if I don't want to? What if I just want to talk to someone, you know? Like, it, we live in a very sexist society and we, we, you know, and we live in the kind of society where there's a lot of Carters because I think, and I don't know, maybe some guys will hate me for saying this, our society sort of makes us feel like we're entitled to pussy. And I, I, I apologize for using that kind of language. But, I mean, really, that's what it is. It's like there's something, you know, we, we, we're not very, I don't know. Like, I've learned in my 10 years of just, you know, being an artist freak uh, that, you know, women are just, I love women. I love them so much. That I never want one to hate me. Like the one serious relationship relationship that I had when I was like, I don't know, from like uh, 18 or 17 to uh, 21 pretty much. It ended terribly. It was awful. And it, you know, I can think of a million things I would have done differently. But the fact of the matter was I was just really young. And when you're young, you're a complete and utter shithead, which is what I was. And now I know a million things more than I did back then. And maybe now I'm maybe ready to get into like a relationship or something. But trust me, for like 10 years, I avoided anything resembling any kind of romantic obligation, dates or anything. I even ghosted a few chicks, which I'm not proud of. And I did it before that was even a word. But, you know, it, it it's just, you know, I, I, I live for cinema. That's my thing. And I, again, I hate it when people say cinema. It's so douchey. But like, that's my thing. It's, it's what I love. And, you know, uh, there's a, I'm getting so off topic here. There's, there's, there's a poem by Hafez, which I saw this a couple weeks ago at a, at a jazz poetry place, this girl that I know was uh, performing and uh, poetry, and it was a beautiful, it was a wonderful thing. And on, you know, I'm Persian, so Hafez is a big thing in, in in Iranian culture. But there was this thing, I'm totally paraphrasing, but on the wall it said, uh, "Life is a is we're all climbing up a mountain or something." And this is again, this is completely paraphrasing. We're all climbing up a mountain, and we're climbing up together to stop loving is to let go the the terrain is far too dangerous for that 
And basically what I'm saying is life is, it is really, it, it's all about love. And But the thing is, it doesn't have to be, you know, romantic love. It could be just love in general. I meet people, I love them. I make friends, I love them. I meet a chick, I fall in love every single day with chicks. It's just, I never thought in these 10 years that I've been doing my thing, I never thought I would be really... Uh, I just imagine a chick would just get mad at me just because I'm so into myself and I'm so into my art and that's just all there is. And I never wanted to do that to anybody. And trust me, I'm not, you know, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm not an ugly dude either. I had a few opportunities, but I always walked away from them just because I couldn't take the the pressure. I couldn't take the, the, the you know, making someone happy. How the hell do you do that, you know? So anyway, going back to what I was saying, if Carter was like me, movie wouldn't even exist he would just meet her and be like you know what you're a very beautiful girl but i'm i'm too nutty for a relationship so so let's just be friends and summing up what i was saying about uh our society and stuff like that i just want to say you know uh friendship is a wonderful thing you know we should you know when you meet a person uh you sh the first thing on your mind shouldn't be oh i want to you know put my body parts in her no you should you should be like hey you know you know get with the person and relate and talk about interesting things you know i so don't subscribe to that mentality of that cavemanish mentality of you have to fuck everybody it's like no it's i'm a human being it's too much trouble trying to put myself inside people you know inside women so anyway going back to the perfect guy so carter is he he goes down a, a bad road and, uh, you know, if I was Carter, first of all, my pickup line would be, hello, I make a delicious pina colada cake. It's a pineapple cake. I learned how to make pina colada cake a couple weeks ago, and it's really delicious. But uh, if I was Carter and she said, you know, basically when, when, they, when they sit down and talk to each other and he gives the toast of to our future, which is, oh, yikes, um, she, she breaks up with him. And, you know, if you're a dude, if you're a man, you have, if that happens, which I didn't know this when I was younger, but I know this definitely now. If someone wants to break up with you, why the hell would you want to be with anybody that doesn't want to be with you? That doesn't make sense. So Carter should have been like, you know what, Leia, at the gas station, that was absolutely unfortunate that that happened. And I realized that I have an anger issue. And I, I got to get that under control before I can really have a major relationship. So I thank you for the time that we had with each other. But you're right. You know, I really need to work on myself. The fact that I would flip out on a guy for, for, for just, you know, leaning up against my car and talking to my chick. I'm sorry, woman. Uh, woman possessive. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not cool, Leia. And you're right. And I, I'm very, very grateful for our time together, but you're right. I gotta go, and then and then Leia would be like, "Well, what are you gonna go do?" And I'm, and then Carter would be like, "I'm gonna go make some pineapple cake," you know. But that would that that would be if I was Carter. But anyway, uh, so basically Carter, uh, gets crazy, and he starts. You know, you know, doing not nice things like he starts like putting surveillance, really creepy stuff like he starts putting surveillance equipment in her apartment and this and that. And, uh, you know, he 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 sends her a note that says, if I can't have you, no one will, which, by the way, I've heard that phrase in movies before people, if you ever find yourself saying that to anyone, just stop and examine your life. And look inward and be like, why am I making my happiness contingent on another person? That that that's just a recipe for disaster, really. That's that's you're you're not going to be happy if you're putting all of your your you know your happiness eggs in one human basket. You know that's so stupid what I just said, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're young. I mean, the other thing is what I don't get about Carter is he's a reasonably good-looking guy. Uh, I, I guess maybe he's just nuts. I mean, some people are just crazy. Uh, but I, when I was watching it, I was like, dude, this guy could probably get any chick he wants, provided she's not like, 
a white supremacist. And even then, I think you could still get a white supremacist chick. I don't know why he's still on Leia. And don't get me wrong, Leia is a really, really, really beautiful woman. Uh, but, you know, so basically, I'm going to say the last scene, and I think I think we're good, uh, because I don't want to give away too much. But there's this one scene where Leia, she gets a call from guess who? From Mr. Chestnut, from Morris Chestnut, the one and only. Morris Chestnut, who... Honestly, I think the the he is the he is the perfect guy. They meet up and then so 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 listen to this. So so they go to this like restaurant and uh uh he's like listen boo, you know, I'm sorry, you know, like I I love you and I love you so much and I'm sorry we broke up. I'm sorry things went bad. And then all this she's like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." I I forgot what she says. But then she looks and she's like, "Uh-oh. He's here." And then Morris is like, well, what are you talking about? And, and, and then she, she looks and he's like, Carter, he's here, the guy that I told you about. So then Morris is like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go talk to him man to man, which is, you know, that's, that's, a, the, that's his prerogative or whatever you call it. Uh, he should go do that. I would just ignore him or I would like touch, if Leia was into it, I would touch her boobs in front of him and get him all crazy and see what he does. But so Morris goes... And 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 talks to him. He's like, "Listen, man." And he, he, the, the way he approaches it is actually it. It shows that Morris really was the perfect guy for Leia. But he goes up to Carter and he says, "Listen, man, what are you doing?" And then Carter, who by the way is acting immature in this instance by what he said, but he says something very very immature. He says, uh, "Man, look at her. She's probably thinking about all the sex we had." And, okay, that's an immature statement that only teenagers should say. And even then, no teenager should say that. But that's a very immature statement. That's like uh, when uh, 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 the Ray J, the guy that made the, the sex tape with Kim Kardashian, he made a song uh, that said, I had her first, which is, that's, that's, not, a, that's not a gentlemanly thing to do. Uh, I was taught by my... By my by nobody, really. I, I think I saw this in a meme on Facebook. But I saw this thing that said, when you make love to a woman, you are equals. Or when you make love to anyone, you are equals. So don't, like, diss people or, like, make them feel bad about, you know, throwing a fuck your way, uh, to put it bluntly. But, you know, that's true. And Carter is really messing up. So basically... The last, I'll say this other thing that Carter does. He puts all this surveillance equipment in his, uh, in in Leia's uh, uh, apartment. Or no, 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 she lives in a really nice house. She's like a, she's a lobbyist. She, she, she put, she puts, he puts all this surveillance equipment in her, in her house. And then Morris Chestnut comes over and they, they, they make love, right? And then the next day when she goes to work, her boss is like, Leia, come in here. Oh. Oh my god, just doing that with my voice made me scratchy. Hold on, water. I apologize, hold on. So her boss is like, Leia, come in here. And then she's like, what, what? And he's like, look at this. And then Carter sent the, uh, uh, Leia's tape of her making love to her boyfriend, Mr. Morris Chestnut, the perfect guy. And he sent it to everyone. And the boss says this. He says, he even sent it to Senator Albrecht. Or I don't remember the senator's name, but he's like, he sent it to the senator. And then she's like, no, listen, I'll make this right. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. We got to let you go. Which, uh, you know, we live in a society that likes to uh, slut shame, as, as feminists say. And that's true. It's very unfortunate. And in this day and age, everything is on video. So you just got to assume everybody's, you know, having sex on camera. What, what are you going to do? You can't punish poor Leia. She's going to be out of job. But listen, you know what? I think I've said enough about the perfect guy. I'm not going to say how it resolves itself. There's so much I'm not talking about. But... uh but basically, will Leia end up with the perfect guy? I won't say. Will Leia find herself in this ordeal? I won't. Well, okay, let me just leave it with this. I think as a character, Leia needs to realize that she needs to find 
the perfect guy within herself. If you dig what I mean. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying the perfect guy, because obviously a guy doesn't live inside her unless <laughs> a guy is inside her. But I'm talking about like she has to find her big problem as a person at the beginning is that she's looking like she's she's looking at Morris Chestnut playing with kids and she's like, you know what, I want that with Mr. Chestnut, but he's not gonna give it to me, so I'm gonna break up with him. I think as people we have to we have to look within ourselves. And we have to be able to look in the mirror and look at ourselves and be like, I am a full, complete person. Nobody completes me other than me. And if you get into a relationship, you have to always understand that at the end of the day, man, woman or whatever, uh, it's you. You know, you have to be happy with you. And part of the, you know, the big reason that I think Carter is so nutty and crazy is apart from, I guess, he's, you know, mentally ill and stuff. But is the fact that I don't think he, under, like, he probably looks at himself and he hates himself. Like, you know, the, the, the actor that plays him, hold on, what's his name? Michael Ely, handsome dude, you know, no homo, no homophobia either, I you know. But handsome dude, right? But I'm sure the character Carter, when he looks at himself in the mirror, he sees ugliness, which which uh, causes him to act out in that way and and uh, bother poor Leia, which is not right, Carter. You can't do that. You can't do that, Carter. It's not right. And you gotta you gotta learn how to be comfortable with you and how to be happy with you before you jump into any relationship, Carter. You're crazy. I won't say what happens to him at the end. Okay. Well, I think that was a good first thing. You know, I, I shot one... Uh, I, I, I recorded one test where I talked about Wonder Woman, but the, but the volume settings were all screwed up, so I couldn't... Uh, I, I couldn't, you know, put it out. But I think this will be the first thing that I put out. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Nasred, And follow me on Instagram, at Mr. Nasred. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're friends now. So, anytime you want to hear about a, you know, like, a, hear a conversation about movies or something, whether it's me talking to myself, or me talking to a friend, or maybe even me interviewing someone, I, I think I can... I, I, I think can think of a few people I can get in here. Uh, not, not nobody big, uh, but uh, but you know. Uh, so uh, you know, you wanna you wanna you wanna give a you wanna hug each other, say goodbye. Okay, let's do this. Ah. Juniper breeze, huh? That's a good scent. Goodbye, friends. <laughs>